All right. We're taking all the best old school wisdom and blending it with the top new school methods to bring you the optimal coaching strategies. This is the 8020 Baseball Podcast with Coach Bo. Welcome, 8020 Baseball Coaches, 8020 Baseball Community. Welcome to this week's episode. Hey, I'm excited to see the baseball field starting to fill up with practices, tryouts. I'm excited to get to spring training soon. So that'll be fun to see both ends of the spectrum. I love youth baseball, of course. That's where my heart is, but it's fun to watch baseball, really great high quality baseball and spring training. I've talked about this. I love spring training. I think it's a great visit. I would highly recommend as a family trip, a family outing if you live nearby. I know it's really just Florida and Arizona, but a family trip, why not? If you're in a cold weather state, tie it in, make it fun. Go to Disney World if you're in Arizona. If you're from those cold weather states, make it all about swimming and water slides and then go to baseball games with the family. Go to the backfields with the family, see the players grinding it out, putting the work in, see the drills on the backfield. Again, not everything works great on the youth level that is used at the major league level, but it's fun to watch. It's good for the kids. Gets them excited about the game. So the baseball fields are filling up, fires me up. Love driving around town, seeing all the baseball fields filling up. I love visiting the fields, being out there on the field. Baseball season getting underway. Most areas it's starting up or it has already started or it's getting close to starting in the next month or two for you cold weather states. And I know the cold weather states, a lot of you are starting to ramp up some of that indoor work. Love this time of year. In this week's episode, we are going to start the seven habits of highly effective coaches. We're going to start the series called the seven habits of highly effective coaches. I'm fired up for this. These are the core elements of great coaching. And of course, I took it from the book, The Seven Habits. Habits of Highly Effective People that's been around forever by Stephen Covey. And if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend at least listening to that book. What a life changer, a game changer. I read it years and years ago. And every year that goes by, I subscribe and buy into the message to those seven habits. I buy in more and more to them. I believe them more and more. I see it unfold more clearly in my life exactly as those seven habits are laid out in that book. But in this podcast, or I should say in this series, that we will start this This week, the seven habits of highly effective coaches. This week, we're going to dive in to the habit of being proactive. So we're going to talk about the seven habits and how they can drive us and steer us and give us the foundation to be awesome coaches, to be confident coaches, to be the coaches that we want to be for our players so they can have the most success and the most fun and become the best people possible. Last week, we talked about throwing routines. I did a quote from, or I shared a quote, don't mistake activity with achievement. And we discussed jujitsu. In fact, one of my former players, if he's listening and you know who you are, I don't like to use names if I don't get the go ahead. I'm sure it's not a big deal, but I got it. I got a, a side message from one of my former players. Now he's a young man, an adult. He was a great kid back then, a catcher, just a really great person, came from a really great family. And he sent me a message, and this was referring to the jujitsu discussion we had last week. And I highly recommended using something like jujitsu or getting kids involved in something like martial arts or jujitsu, some physicality, but there's not a high level of injury and head injury, but the physicality 
physicality, the toughness, the discipline that comes from things like jujitsu, not just in sports, but in life. And I got a side message from one of my former players and you must have been listening, of course, to the episode. And he said that I'm missing out. He said, hey, if you're not training with your daughter, my daughter is the one who's doing the jujitsu. And he said, if you're not training, you're missing out. So I'm reading between the lines on that. I meant to have a little more follow up and I'll probably follow up sometime this week with him and ask him. Uh, it sounds like he's doing the jujitsu. So with that said, we got into that last week. You come here to 8020 baseball and you want youth baseball specific strategies, tips. You want a guy to be in a great youth baseball coach, to be confident when you go out to the field. And here at 8020 baseball, we're mastering the key parts, the key strategies, mastering the important things when it comes to youth baseball. And that's really what we're specializing in youth baseball and then really doubling and tripling down on the most important things and touching on those fringe things that of course help, but really doubling and tripling down on those major needle movers, the 20% that brings 80% to 90% of our success as a coach. So as always, I'm fired up to be here. We got one main part today, and that's going to be habit one of the seven habits of highly effective coaching, the proactive portion. We're going to dive into this. I got a lot. I'm excited to share out how we can be proactive coaches. I guarantee you will get some things out of this that will tie in being proactive in areas and ways that are different than what most of you are probably thinking. But once you hear them, you're going to be like, yes, definitely. So we're going to look at proactivity as a coach a little differently. Some of it's going to be stuff that you would expect to hear and see, but it's always good to dive in and talk about that right now. So it's cemented in our minds as we go out there to serve our players, to be great coaches, to walk out there confidently. There will be a couple angles on being a proactive coach of this habit one from the highly effective coaching series that we're starting. There will be some unique angles. I promise you're going to get some good stuff out of this some new stuff. First, the coaching quote of the week. The coaching quote of the week is, quote, a good coach improves your game. A great coach improves your life, end quote. I'll read it again. A good coach improves your game. A great coach improves your life, end quote. And that's by Michael Josephson. We want to be good coaches. We want to be great coaches. We want to improve players' games, of course. We want them to have fun. We want to improve their game, but we also want to improve their lives. It's the trifecta. Improving their skills as a baseball player, getting them to have fun out there so they keep coming back, and building them up to be better human beings. Be a life-improving coach as well as a game-improving coach. Be both, and they go together. They go together. They're not separate. They're not mutually exclusive. Improve your player's skills, tons of good quality reps in high quality drills and training situations. Make it fun. Have some fun out there. I've given out many suggestions on how to make practice more fun. Some things just as simple as having some music going on. And there's a whole lot of other things you can do that we've talked about making the game fun for players so they want to continue coming back and building up players to be better human beings using baseball as the vehicle to drive them there. I love quotes like that specifically saying and differentiating a good coach will improve your game. Yeah, that's good. We want to be a good coach. We want to improve players' games. A really good coach will improve a player's game and will make it fun along the way. A great coach, a coach that you can all be. Some of you are well on your way. Some of you might already be there. Some of you are just starting out, but you can get there. 
a great coach will improve a player's life. They'll improve their life moving forward. Not necessarily, of course, their life right now, but their life as they grow and get older by teaching them skills and the things within baseball and using baseball, like I said, as that vehicle to teach them, to model for them, to instill in them those things that it takes to have a great life as an adult moving forward, to be a productive, healthy, great member of our community, of our society. All right, habit one, be proactive. Being proactive, this one could go a lot of different ways. Again, I'm going to tie this completely into coaching baseball, nothing from the book. I'm just using the book, these habits as a guideline. So here we go. Being a proactive coach, nine steps that we can use to be proactive. So there's nine ways I'm going to describe right now to share with you to be a proactive coach so we can be better coaches, flat out better coaches. Number one, proactively learn and educate yourself. Now, the good news is you're already doing this by showing up here each week. Be a proactive learner of coaching strategies, of leadership strategies, of baseball, of sports, and combine that with learning quickly while in the trenches. That will combine to really, truly speed up the learning curve, getting you to be a solid and confident coach much faster. So proactively learn and educate. And then I guess we could tie it in and say proactively pivot, proactively adjust, proactively improve when you're in the trenches and things come about and you see something, proactively adjust and improve things. Number two, proactively communicate your rules and expectations. This is huge. Proactively communicate your rules and expectations. Be very clear and upfront with your vital expectations, your key expectations, your major expectations for your players, for your team, the expectations you have set forth. Set forth these clear expectations early and often. Rules should be very well known. They should be very well known. There should be no doubt in your players' minds. There should be no confusion. It should be 100% clarity. They know exactly what the rules are and they know exactly what you expect from them. Now, one of the key things to do here, one of the major tips that I could give coaches that I share with coaches. So you can make sure your rules are crystal clear. Your expectations are crystal clear is having only the rules you truly need. That to me is the major key to being able to clearly communicate those rules in a proactive manner. It's not necessarily diving right into how to explain them more clearly, which is part of it. We want to clearly communicate them with our wording, but most importantly, we must only have the rules that that we truly need. So it starts with the quantity of rules and expectations. Reducing the quantity adds to the clarity. Reducing the amount of rules and expectations we have improves the clarity. Having only the rules you truly need is the key to being able to clearly communicate those rules in a proactive manner. And then after you reduce the quantity and make sure that your quantity is only on a need to have basis, then you get into quickly into a message of clarity. Start by having just those expectations, rules that you truly need. And I'll throw in this, in the coaching course that I'm putting together, I have a rules guide. It's already print and ready to use rules guide that has the rules that I think coaches should use for the most part, especially youth-based coaches, definitely youth baseball coaches. That's what it's focused on. And their consequences and the tiered consequences that I would recommend. It's a template. It's a rules guide template. Next, proactively praise your players. Proactively praise your players. By being proactive with our praise, we will be less reactive to the players when they screw up or mess up. They don't rise up to the expectations that we've set forth, the standards, 
by proactively praising our players, we'll be leading with positivity. So then we'll need less enforcement of our rules. We'll need less on the back end. We'll need to have fewer consequences given out. Be proactive with your praise. And this will also allow you to get better reactions from your players when you drop the hammer. If you proactively praise, it allows you to have a bigger hammer. Most coaches, when they drop the hammer, when you got to come down hard on a player for not being a good teammate or not hustling, when you got to enforce a consequence, when you got to drop the hammer, if you have not proactively praised and built rapport with your players, you can only use a tiny little hammer, a little toy play hammer, and that's not going to work. Sometimes as a coach, sometimes you have to enforce a consequence that's difficult to do and really hard for the player to accept and play or play players to accept. But by proactively praising and building rapport with your players, you've allowed yourself, you've bought yourself, you put a bunch of deposits in, and now you have the bank account to afford a pretty good size hammer. Trust me on this. This is massive. Be proactive with your praise and your building of rapport. Don't wait till you have to start correcting and enforcing consequences. Be out in front of it. Be out in front. Number four, teach your hitters to be proactive by using the 80-20 hitting approach, or just a really good hitting approach, 80-20 hitting approach that's on the website. I think it's the simplest, most straightforward, most effective overall. Remember, hitting is a fast, quick thing. There was a tweet the other day. Somebody sent a tweet out, and it was basically a checklist of things their hitter should go through. And Coach Jeff Leach said in his tweet, a dad asked me how I work with my son at home. I tell him to swing fast and hit it back at me. He pauses with a puzzled expression like he wants to laugh. Then he gives me a 10-point swing checklist for his six-year-old son. Now, my response to this when he says a dad of a six-year-old son replies to him with a 10-point checklist that he uses with his son after Coach Leach gave him those two things, say, swing fast and hit it back at me, simple approach. I replied, quote, son, don't overthink up at the plate. Just stick to the 10-point checklist, end quote. Even a three-point checklist, you're talking at the youth baseball level, it's two-tenths of a second to decide if they should swing at the pitch or not. Some Just some crazy small amount of time to decide if that pitch is warranting a swing or not or a take or if it's in the hitting zone or the strike zone or on the fringes. There's a whole lot to calculate there. And then we give them this 10-point checklist three-point checklist. No can do. That's a recipe for disaster. So teach your hitters to be proactive by using the 80-20 hitting approach. Teach them to be ready and proactive early in the count. Teach them to be proactive early in the count, looking for good pitches to drive. You want your hitters proactively looking for good pitches. So Teach hitters to be proactive early in the count looking for good pitches to drive. Doesn't mean they're going to get them, and if they don't get them, if it's not a hitter's pitch early in the count, less than two strikes, with less than two strikes, if it's not a hitter's pitch, then they're going to take it. If it's not a pitch they can drive, not a pitch they can hit, at least a hard one hopper through the infield, ideally a line drive, and just sit in a hard line drive, that's a good hitter's pitch. If they hit a home run, that's icing on the cake, but looking for a pitch they can drive, hit hard with less than two strikes. We want to teach our hitters to be proactive while looking for those pitches, or I should say in looking for those pitches. Next on the proactive checklist of things that we can do as coaches so we can be better and have a better team, have better players, have a better overall experience. 
Be a proactive practice planner. Have a practice plan ready to go, ideally the day before each practice, if not earlier. I like having the practice plan ready the day before, the evening before, so you can send it to your assistant coaches. I don't know if you should send it to your parents and all that so they can go over it with their players. Maybe that might work depending on how you present it, but definitely having the practice plan ready to go the day before each practice. I don't think you wait till the day of. I just think you have that practice plan ready to go at least the day before. My high school coach, Mike Kern, this was something that he was just amazing at. And I didn't agree with everything he did. And there were some things I definitely wouldn't do. But there was definitely some things I would absolutely copy. And one of them was being a proactive planner, proactively plan. He was as good as they get at that. He could write the book on being a proactive planner when it comes to coaching. There was so much to learn from that. Now, as a youth coach, you don't need to go to that level as like an elite high school coach. But you want to be a proactive practice planner. Next, proactively prepare your practice environment. Show up early and have things set up and set out. Couple tricks. Have players help with this when possible. Have the players help. And this shouldn't take long. You're like, Coach Bill, I don't have time to get there early. I don't, it shouldn't take long. 10 minutes should be way more than enough if you properly delegate the tasks to the players and assistant coaches and even parents. Ideally, this can be done in five minutes to seven minutes. Time it. See how fast you can get it done. Make sure everybody's got a role. I like having tasks given out to players that they then can get really good at. This goes back to why I think you shouldn't have a ton of different drills. There's a lot of reasons, but I think one of them is you can set the drill up really fast if the kids know how it operates. They can set it up. They can get to the spots. Less teaching and instruction on how to do things. Less about going through how to do the drill and more of actually doing the drill and getting quality reps. So proactively prepare your practice environment. Next, proactively coach your team rather than being reactive to what the other team is doing. Proactively coach your team rather than being reactive or overly reactive to what the other team is doing. So be be more proactive towards coaching your team and a lot less reactive to what the other team is doing. Put almost all of your focus on coaching up your team and giving very little attention and sometimes none, but it should never supersede the need to coach up your own team. All right, the last two. I hope you're liking these. I'm fired up about these. Fired up for all of you. Fired up to see the numbers going through the roof, listener numbers. It just fires me up, all the listeners. I just saw those numbers take another big spike. And I know that's not, those aren't numbers. Those are you. Those are coaches. Those are you listening. Those are coaches, youth coaches that want to get better to go out there and be really, just really great, confident, awesome coaches. So it fires me up to keep bringing it week in and week out. Second to last tip under the habit of being a proactive coach, proactively respond to a bad call by the ump. Don't get caught up. Now, I'll stick with me here. This one's, this is where one of those that I said was unique. There's a couple here, as you can see, were a little unique. We say like proactive, like, all right, plan things, plan and be prepared. Yeah, that's a general consensus of proactivity. But a couple of these you can see are different angles on proactivity, but you start to see that they are super important and super vital to being a great coach proactively respond to a bad call by the young. Don't get caught up focusing on a bad call. If there's nothing you as a coach can do about it via the rule book or via getting a second opinion from a different ump, if you have a second ump or third ump, most of the time, you're not going to be able to do something about the call via the rule book or via getting a second opinion. Although you can, if you know the rule book enough, 
And another thing I think is really useful is building rapport with umpires. So when you need to get a second opinion, you go out there politely, you have a nice conversation, don't raise your voice, make it seem like it was their idea to get a second opinion. If you have that second umpire, which most games have a second umpire and make the perception that they've decided to go ask their partner to see if they had a better angle or if they saw something different or if they want to overturn the call. That's a proactive approach. So as soon as a bad call or perceived bad call, instead of getting upset and reactive, start thinking, is there something in the rule book that could help me here? Or do I think that other umpire would see it different? Or do they have a different angle that I could leverage and utilize? And then stay calm. Don't overreact. Definitely overreacting is never going to get them to change their mind. Stay calm, then go out there, be proactive with your approach. And at the end of the day, proactively and mentally move on to the next pitch, next inning, which is almost always what you're going to have to do. So proactively move on to the very next pitch. Be in the moment, move forward, get to coaching up your players again. Don't get snagged in the past. Don't get stuck in the past. And last on the tips of being proactive for this week's episode, borrow from our good, our good man, Jocko. Borrow from Jocko Willing's mindset. Good. We talked about this a few weeks ago, the reaction of good. Your reaction to things when they don't go right should be good as a default, a proactive reaction. Call doesn't go your way. Good. Fields all wet? Good. Two teams there at the same practice time? Good. You got crushed in the first game? Good. What are we learning? How are we going to get better? Of course, deep down, I know you're like, it would have been better if this didn't happen or if that didn't happen. I get that. That's the idea. But it has happened. So it's essentially saying what's happened has happened. No sense in crying over spilt milk. Have that mindset of good, that proactive reaction. Something doesn't go your way. This, that, and the other? Good. Bad call? Good. Is there anything I can do about it? Rule book, second opinion. Nope. Good. Moving forward. Oh, we're not favored. They're the Goliath. Cool. Good. We like to be the underdog. It's an inherently proactive reaction. All right. There it is. I think that ended up being 10. I started with nine, added one, maybe a second one in there. Habit one of the seven habits of highly effective coaches. Be proactive. Next week, we're diving in. This is one of my favorite habits. Begin with the end in mind. Reverse engineer things. This keeps us. This is our compass. Habit two, begin with the end in mind is our compass. It's our guide. It's our GPS. Next week, habit two, begin with the end in mind. We're going to talk about how to be a better coach by using that habit. If you haven't already, go over, get the drill design guide at 8020 Baseball. It's a 21-page PDF. Give you the paradigm to designing a great drill anytime, anywhere. And what are the key components of what a good drill has, a great drill has? What are the ingredients that are needed to make a great drill? Again, giving to the paradigm is where we need to start. And then we can build from there and give you examples and things like that. You can follow on Twitter, 8020 underscore baseball, 8020 underscore baseball. Support the podcast. At a minimum, just leave a review on your app, your podcast app. Leave a review. You can leave a donation. There's a link in the show notes summary. And email me your success stories. Email me your success stories. Email me if you have something you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast. CoachBo8020Baseball.com. Until next week, you know what I'm saying here. Take care of yourself, your health. Get that rest. Take care of yourself so you can take care of your family, your close friends. And you can go out there and take care of your team, your players, your kid, and be the best version of yourself that you can be. Take this stuff out to the field. Take it to the training facility. Take it out there and put it in. Trust it. It will work. Use it. And until next week, adios. This has been the 8020 Baseball Masterclass. Take it to the field.